Welcome. You're listening to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprises throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour radio program recorded weekly at WJR in Detroit. During the spring and summer of 2015, only the second hour of our show, which features listeners' questions, is heard live each week from 5 to 6 p.m. every Saturday on WJR 760 a.m. in Detroit. However, both hours of this show are available each week on this podcast and are available to all of our affiliates across the state of Michigan. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor Podcast. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Hello and welcome to the Internet Advisor. I'm Foster Brown, the producer and co-host of the show, and we got a great one lined up for you. I hope you're intrigued by the title Tricycle Collective. <laughs> We're going to be talking about a wonderful organization that's reaching out to help people keep their homes in the midst of economic chaos. And we're also going to be talking about iOS 9, the new operating system for your iPhones. And that's probably what most of you are using. Back with that and the beginning of our Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Foster Brown here with you and the start of, a, I think, a fascinating program with a, a lot of variety in it. And uh, let me introduce my posse in studio here, of course, Mr. Gary Baker. Great to be here, as Dr- always. Dressed to the nines, I say. I, I, must, I feel a little underdressed for I'll, the program today. I'll tell you what, it, you know, <laughs> I forgot that it's radio, so I dressed up, you know, suit and tie. Has nothing to do with the wedding that I just attended and ah. the reception I'm going back to. Uh, that was uh, Justin Heiser and um, uh, his bride. His bride. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, I know Justin's. Uh, it's a Barrymore. It's, uh, okay. Yes, I should well, know. That. I'm sorry. That's a, well, congratulations to them. Thanks, Gary, for being here. This yes. is the dedication. I should know this, right? This is the dedication to our team, folks. He steps out of a wedding and got reception in order to be here. And also, we have Mr. Kel Carson. Good to have you back. You know, as a safety tip, Gary, remember the bride's name. If you blow the groom, it's not a problem. <laughs> Good remember That's the true. bride's name. Because yeah, it works better. Either that or you're going to just have to put something a little more extra into that envelope you're going to throw in the bag. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. It's actually on my phone, but my phone's not with me right now because it's over in the corner. And oh, we, are, right. we are broadcasting on Periscope, if people know what Periscope is. And if you don't, if you have a Google uh, phone or an iPhone, I you hope, can yeah. download a Periscope. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a map of the world, basically, and you can zoom in to this area and uh, find me, Gary Baker, and mm-hmm. uh, you can see, you know, vid- you can see the video of what our this is show looks like. Okay, right? so, it's so a now live, he tells it's a live me, here I am yeah, in the T-shirt. Yeah, I understand the concept. You know, he's the he's the only sharp guy in the crowd. <laughs> Two of us yes. here got faces for radio. <laughs> you did get you know, the memo. Oh, man, I'll tell you. There is a lovely young lady in the studio whom we'll introduce in just a little bit that helps to redeem the gathering. I yeah, think. that gives us some counterbalance <laughs> to the disturbance in the force. <laughs> well, Cal's going to talk in just a bit about iOS 9, the new operating system 
for um, the iPhones. But let me just, in case you're seeing her, I should introduce her. Michelle Oberholzer is with us. And Michelle, thank you so much for being here. We're going to be talking with you about the Tricycle Collective, um, which is a very special effort to help people who are um, facing foreclosure to be able to get their homes, I understand. And that's working through something called Patronicity, which is a crowdfunding uh, group. So am I right on that? Yes, you are. So far, I've got it. We're going to work very hard to get a microphone that works for you. Try that. See if that works for you. Does this work for you? <laughs> that works. Very good. Now we can not only... The folks on... Um, uh, they can see her on Periscope her and hear her on the radio. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to talk much more in depth about that. And thank you very much for joining us, Michelle. It's Happy good to, to have be here. here. We're also going to be talking about the Dove Channel. It's a brand new over-the-top video channel or television channel that's um, available now for a subscription that is very family-oriented. And I'll tell you the reason for doing that. But, you know, Cal, before we... Uh, I want to see if we can dive into... Could, could we you, go... Could oh, we yeah. go back just a moment yeah, yeah. to my flub? It's Brittany Berryman. There we go. So, Justin, congratulations Redeemed. to Brittany Berryman <laughs> and uh, Justin Heiser. So. You're still going to have to put more in that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it barely redeemed me, right? Yep, I got it. He got it. He got it. So, congratulations to both of them, and uh, I'll be back at the reception uh, after the show. <laughs> See I your, hope. I hope they let me in. Save him a lemonade. <laughs> 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 well, one of the things I wanted to point out, Cal, uh, somebody might say, are, are we going to talk about Apple stuff? again, and in particular this why operating system. Yeah. No, why wouldn't you, of course. <laughs> but, but it struck me, um, so I, I did a little looking up on this, and um, what's impressive to note is that 42% of Americans use iPhones. It's not just, um, you know, another operating system. You know, if you think of all the, the, all the phones that are out there right now, there are many, many Android phones. As a matter of fact, the Android platform, I think, has about 50... 2% Give them 53, the, that's rounded 53% off. of the users that are out there. But in terms of single devices that Americans use, 42% use this single device, an iPhone. And, and it's going down, actually. It had yes, a bigger share than it very did before. Small. Uh, very small. But it, yeah, just dropping yep. a little bit. It's a wonderful phone. I, I've used them for a long time and love them, but I uh, you know, because it's only one company, Apple only mm. sells it. Where you know, Android, there are a lot of companies many, sell many, the yeah. Android. Many, many, many right. companies. Now and in China, in China, it's growing by it, it, it's outselling the other platform by seventy five percent. Wow, incredible! It's gone. You know, cra- and you know, you know, God knows how big that Chinese market is. So they'll be tripping over more money bags over at Apple. I'm sure. <laughs> it's hard to believe that uh, that. BlackBerry still has anybody. I'm on surprised it. And, to see that. Yeah. And who are the three people still still on Symbian? Symbian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Microsoft can be happy that they have increased by 0.1 percent. Although that may change after October. Oh, I'm trying to think of the date. Forget it now. I think it's October the sixth. They're going to be releasing some new devices at that point in mm. time. And I think two new flagship. Microsoft phones will be out at that point. They're also going to come out. Microsoft's going to come out with a new. Uh, I think it's Fitbit is what they call it. No, not oh, the Fitbit, band, but their band, but their health they're band. wearable. Yep. Yeah, right. they go with you know go against the one that they couldn't sell before. But <laughs> you know, it, it's everything. You know, people just have to get used to you know different things, and and, and you know with new models they'll they've learned probably from right. what they didn't give what people wanted in the first right. one, perhaps in the I, second I, one would be better. To be honest with you, I, I love the competition. Now, uh, Shane is the one who uses the uh, 
uh, Microsoft phone and, and has enjoyed it. My wife does and enjoys it as well. But the bottom line is this, folks. When we return, we're going to talk about this brand new operating system, iOS 9, for iPhones. And we're going to talk with uh, Cal about some of the highlights and uh, talk about some of the things that you like and some of the things you don't like about this brand new operating system that is affecting the majority of us who have cell phones here, smartphones. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and Cal Carson, the man of the hour here. Cal, we're talking right now about uh, the most recently released operating system for the iPhones. Um, I downloaded it uh, both to my iPhone last night. I have an iPhone 6 Plus. And also to my old uh, iPad. I have an iPad 2. And uh, I haven't tried to use it there, but I have been using it for just a little bit on the iPhone. And it's kind of neat. You know, when you talk about that, especially when you for the first thing you said, you downloaded it to your iPad 2. And I got an iPad 2, too. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I don't have an iPad Air 2. And so, therefore, I can't take advantage of the one feature I really, really wanted to take advantage of, and that is split-screen applications on the iPad, where you can do two things at once, but you have to have at least an iPad Air 2 or an iPad Mini 4 to be able to do that with. So, past that, everything else is like really, really groovy and cool, and I'm liking it, and I'm playing the fanboy right now, and I don't care. (laughs) Um, To be honest with you, one thing that I found out in it that I absolutely love more than anything else is that I'll be in an email, I'll be reading it, and they'll have a link in it. Go to this website, look at this, and you hit it, and it would take you over to the Safari application, either on the phone or on iPad, and you'll start looking at that application. When you're all done with it, you can go up to the top of the screen and just say, return back to mail, and it takes you right back to the mailbox. Yeah, there's a back button now. Rather than yeah. having to go to the home button, go back to the application, and go back into it. Yes, yes, yes. So that is really handy. I, I, I think that one of the biggest changes that I've seen in this is the navigation around the system. For instance, double-clicking on your on the button at the bottom of the page now, Yes. Uh, instead of bringing you up to that... Um, you, where you had to scroll through a whole bunch of pages in order to find out on where another page was. It fans them out like cards yes. that are overlaid, like a hand of cards in a game. And you just slide through them and, and you, you find can what just you want. Slide through, click through them very quickly and hit on the one you want, want, and boom, you can go right to it. Then the other thing, in the photo app, I really love this. In the photo app, you'll bring up a picture, and you've got the picture up on the screen. On the bottom of the screen, you'll have a strip that has all the pictures in your app, and you can slide through them and scrub back and forth through all the pictures in your album that way. That's really handy for me, able to find things really fast. And then if you're all done looking at that picture, if you just put your finger on it, drag it toward the bottom of the screen, then it'll automatically put it back into the album where it belongs and show you the whole album on the screen. That is fascinating. So that one I really liked a lot, too. Which one? Uh, which uh, uh, aspect of the change um, hit you first when you uh, you know opened it up and, and looked at it? The uh, The fact that it has the new San Francisco font on it, which made it look more cleaner and, hmm. and had like a fresh look to it. And then the other thing that I, I, I noticed right off the bat, 
I like to use the Notes app every now and then. Oh, I haven't gotten to that. And yeah. you, you'll go to it, and you'll say, hey, do you want to upgrade the Notes app? You hit it, and you upgrade it, and the world changes completely as far as using that application. Really? Now you can draw on that application. Now Ooh. you can embed video and pictures in that application. You can draw straight lines if you want to. You can draw crooked lines if you want to. You can create lists, to-do lists, with checkmark boxes on it right in that application. It's a really nice app you know, now to use. This sounds, Gary, almost like a, a, a challenger to OneNote yeah, that Microsoft has put forward. Yes. And Evernote, which has been my, I don't know, do you right. use Evernote, Gary? Um, when you send me something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing in... I organize almost everything in one in Evernote, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Now in Notes, you can create folders. So you can file things on in folders. And then once they release El Capitan for uh, a Mac OS. Which, by the way, that's going to be the new Mac OS. for That's going to replace Yosemite. When they release that, then you'll be able to talk from your iPhone. Those notes will be transferred over to the notes in El Capitan automatically, too. Now, I don't know if you've been able to see this yet, but one of the things that's been driving me nuts is messages. And how it's not necessarily compatible. Like, I'll have messages that will show up on my phone, but won't necessarily show up on my computer. Uh, I don't know if that's a, f- a freaky fault on, on my computer or something that's not compatible. And I'm running the latest uh, and greatest OS on my uh, MacBook Pro. I don't know because I got to be honest with you. I don't have them breeding back and forth. Uh, only because my iPhone is a work iPhone, and uh, my computer at home is my personal one, and I want to kind of keep church and state separate. I got you. <laughs> uh, until I buy my new iPhone for home, and then I'm going to yeah, yeah, everything's going to merge together. Uh, now that the 6s is out, now I can go out and buy my new one. So, that's called continuum, by the way. I believe correct. isn't it? That, that that feature or continuity part. Yes. Yep. Um, the, the Siri search is awesome. That I really like. If you're at your home screen and you swipe to the right, you will uh, get your Siri search box and it'll have a bunch of stuff in there that you've been doing on a regular basis and it knows that you use it a lot so it keeps it there handy for you and you can use Siri to manipulate those things. In addition to that, it also gives you the ability to um, have... Oh, ooh, what's I want to say? I uh, it also gives you the ability to be able to look for things nearby easily, and depending on the time of day, it will look for restaurants if for breakfast or it'll look for lunch. It'll tell you where you can get coffee at easily, shopping, all based on the location oh, that's that you're right. at right at that particular time. And that is kind of a head-to-head competition with the Google. Yeah, yes. Google's had that enough for yeah, a number they've, of years. They've had a quite a for, yeah. So now, essentially, that function is going to be there where it was. Uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, Pages, is it? I think it just says search near me on the Google uh, yeah, search bar. Right. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about searching with iOS 7. Now, this one, I, I mean, iOS 9, that I really, 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 really like oh, is that when you got to go in and do a setting on your phone. Yes. And God, you have to like dig through all the yes, different menus to, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. You can use the search function in settings and say, I want to see how to 
you know, uh, set my power settings. Put that in there, and it will search and find those occurrences for you. When you tap on them, it'll wow. take you directly to that panel. So let's say I'm someplace, I, I just noticed now that my Wi-Fi was not on. I could go in there and say, Siri, uh, what? Uh, how do I turn on Wi-Fi? How do I turn on Wi-Fi? And, and would, she'll go through wow. and find that, uh, that, that particular setting. And give you those ways to be able to click and do wow. it. Wow. So it looks like with the new iPhone then, um, one of the big things will be hands-off searching, right? Yes. And uh, it also sounds like a lot more ability to get to things quicker than in the old form. Faster and, fi- and 15 more different ways to do the same thing. And then uh, the other thing that's really cool that I came across in there is the low power mode. And this is really cool because you can take and switch your phone uh, so that it will use less power. So you don't have to go in and tweak all these different things and turn this off and turn this off to make it use less power. You can do one button, put it in low power mode. Now, it will restrict some functions. Mm. It will limit some functions. But it'll give you at least anywhere between one hour and three hours of extra run time wow. based upon settings. Nice. We're talking, by the way, folks, about iOS 9 just released this week, which is a new operating system for iPhones. Now, this works with what iPhones? It will work for all iPhones down to a 4S. Okay. Anything below a 4S? iOS 9 will not load on. Now, there are certain applications like the 3D Touch that will not work on anything other than the 6S and the 6S Plus. Right, which is the brand new iPhone. Yes, the ones that, that have the four touch and the screens. I, now, and the iPads, uh, it doesn't work, that, that 3 does, doesn't work except after a certain number, uh, version, isn't it? It's iPad... Uh, I believe it only works on the iPad Pro. On the iPad Pro, okay. Yes. That's something. That, so there are certain things, that, like that split screen that you yes. said. And that's obviously because you haven't got that much re- screen real estate in the older iPads to do that. But well, with you the got, new one, you, you got do. enough. I, you, you actually do have enough real estate on it because you can do it on iPad Mini 4. Oh. Okay. It's because they don't have the processors that can ah, handle that. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Okay. But other than that, it sounds like everybody else can be able to take advantage of all these great things that are now part of iOS 9. Yeah, they, and, and they've increased the health app. I use that because I like to keep track of my steps and stuff like that. They even have a uh, part of health app that deals with reproduction, so you can track your track your reproduction <laughs> cycle. Yes. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you can everything. You're a gray-haired old man. What are you worried about that? Well, there's some things in there I'll never, ever use because they're pretty much set aside for the other gender. But check in the health app. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) And on that note, we're going to take a quick pause and come back in just a moment with Michelle Oberholzer and the Tricycle Collective. Welcome back to the Internet Advisors. Some fun things are happening right now. Um, and uh, we've, we've got a bunch of people who are joining us, by the way, Gary Baker. Uh, we're on Periscope, which is this um, uh, ability to take a picture, a, a live stream of what's going on in the studio and broadcast it. And uh, we're piling up all sorts of people right now who are uh, who are joining in and uh, watching the program. This is this They're going to be able to see what see and hear what's behind the scenes. Yeah, that's kind of it's very, very neat. Listen, I want to get right to our guest who's in studio because I'm excited about this. This program. Some of you may have been uh, kind of curious about what the Tricycle Collective was, and and um, it actually is an extraordinarily appropriate title for a collective, I have to say. Michelle Oberholzer is with us in studio. We're going to be talking about that right now. Michelle, thank you for joining us. 
Thank you so much. I, I re- Now knowing what the tricycle is about, what it has to do with, I think it's wonderfully appropriate. Tell folks how you came up with that tricycle collective. Well, the Tricycle Collective, we're a nonprofit organization, and our mission is to spread information and empower people to stay in their homes through this epidemic of tax foreclosure that we have here in the city. And the name, the Tricycle Collective, was born out of the the real motivation to help keep people in their homes, which was that symbol of a tricycle, of lives being lived, houses that are homes, children growing right. up within these uh, houses, and the desire to stabilize those people by helping them to keep their and, homes. And one of the ways of identifying those homes is to look for the tricycles out front. Yeah. And it was really kind of And neat. practically, it made me feel more comfortable knocking on the doors when I know this is a, a family home. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, good point. Absolutely. <laughs> and there's some wonderful, uh, we're going to provide the links for this. There are some wonderful stories that are on there mm-hmm. of um, uh, families, men and women, who have been able to keep their home for a remarkably small amount of money. What well, doesn't take much, does it? It really doesn't. You know, and this currently the Wayne County Tax Foreclosure Auction is going on. And a lot of people, and including those probably in your audience, may be aware of it because it happens all online. But those, right. the remarkable thing is that those in these homes often aren't aware, A, of the foreclosure, or B, oh. of the opportunity to purchase the home for a relatively and low sum. That's the so issue, isn't it? So we're connecting the dots with information, and in some cases, yes, a financial contribution. We're doing a fundraiser right now through patronicity.com, which is a local crowdsourcing website. Right. People might be familiar with Indiegogo and Kickstarter, and mm-hmm. this is one we have here locally that's focused on Detroit-based projects in, in part. And um, they've been so supportive of us. As a matter of fact, we had them on talking about the Smart Park in Royal Oak, Gary, if you remember that. That's right, we did. And uh, we raised more money for that. matter of fact, like two or three times more money through that uh, patronicity program to establish that smart park downtown Royal Oak. This is going now. This, is this the second year that you've been it doing It is, yeah. It started last year. We were able to help 10 families buy their homes. Wonderful. And in that case, five of those families purchased their home in full for $500. That's wonderful. And that won't be the case this year because of some changes to the auction. Mm-hmm. So in addition to increasing the number of families we want to help, you know, it's been a year. Our capacity right. has improved. Uh, we also want to increase the dollar amount that we're giving to people. And it is so necessary. Uh, I was just out earlier today knocking on doors and in many cases renters are only just finding out today they've been paying rent up until this point to someone who no longer owns the building and they're trying to pull together information and money and and really get this going without much notice this just screams victimization this whole process it's and um some people might argue well if you're a renter you never owned the home, and perhaps it's not uh, uh, something that you deserve. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, uh, we really do n- so desperately need stabilization in our communities. And what we recently learned yes. through um, Loveland Technologies, they've been very uh, progressive in spreading information about this issue. I use their website constantly, and they have recently put out a very troubling study that showed one in six foreclosed homes in last year's auction that were occupied are now vacant. And so these forces of destruction are really actively going on. And this is only one year later. So we're trying to just do whatever we can to keep people in their homes. Well, God bless you for what you're doing. I mean, I was just so blown away when I saw it that I said, we've got to do do something about this. I think this is wonderful. Cal, you're going to say something. Well, you know, I think that effort is extremely great. And it's good to hear that sort of thing is going on. 
How do you handle, though, I mean, okay, so you, you raise the money so they can buy the home and for the taxes that are back on it and that sort of thing. What happens next year when the taxes are due again? Absolutely. Well, one of the things that makes this possible is a partnership with United Community Housing Coalition. They're a very wonderful nonprofit group here in the city that's been doing proxy bidding for years, helping people buy the home who may not have the full sum of money at, mm-hmm. at the ready, or they may not have Internet access, or they just want to have the benefit of experts working on their behalf. So they will provide other resources throughout the year, making sure people have their paperwork in order. But then within the Tricycle Collective, we're also trying to connect families with each other because we don't want it to be a one-time infusion of money. We really want to show a strong track record that people are um, being a stabilizing force in their neighborhood, even being a resource of expertise when inevitably this happens to their neighbors in years that uh, to come. So we're, we're working very hard to make this be a broader mission. You know, Michelle, um, I was at Techonomy this week, and we're going to have David Kirkpatrick on next hour. But one thing I heard there was another concept called slow roll. And I don't know if you know anything about it. I didn't. I mean, bikes. bikes. It's called slow roll. They have like 4,000 bicyclists get together on Mondays. And, you know, it just seems to me that because they're they're slowly rolling through some of the neighborhoods. If they were going by a house, a home that you were trying to, to collect money to save, a tricycle out front, Somehow, it just seems to me that the people that are willing to go do the slow roll, a vast number of them, would be willing to put a little in the pot to to help. So I don't know if you could partner or not, but it just seems like it's it's just they're just made for each other. Well, there are a lot of parallels, strangely, between the world of bicycles and the Tricycle Collective, and the names uh, were kind of a coincidence, but um, it it bears out. And, in fact, the work that introduced me to this foreclosure issue, uh, I was doing on a bicycle, and I do believe... Believe that it affected my emotional attachment to my surroundings because I wasn't within the barrier of a car. Yeah. And so we're actually we have been selling bicycle bells. There's mm-hmm. a partner organization that I co-founded called Bring a Ling, and we sell bicycle <laughs> bells. It. This was originally conceived as a way to thank people for donating to the Tricycle Collective, and it sort of spun off. And we've been selling our bells at slow roll on Monday nights. Half of the cost of the bell goes to the Tricycle Collective, and we're hosting a bike ride this tomorrow in the neighborhood right before Detroit Soup. And um, there's a very careful thing that has to happen. The work of introducing to a resident the fact that their home is in foreclosure is a very delicate issue. Oh, yes. And so it's um, even with this bike ride we're doing tomorrow, we won't be pointing to individual homes. I got and it. Okay. Sort of right, um, right, right. Glaring, pointing that out. But... Um, one thing we are doing to identify the homes is putting signs out front which invite people to to invite people to be aware that this is a home and please do not bid against the family within it yeah because uh, they are trying to do what they can to save the home mm-hmm. so in that mm-hmm. way we are identifying those houses Michelle look, I just ask you a question I mean you're a young person you look like you're <laughs> well under 30 still uh, still could be out there having fun and that sort of thing what got you involved in this and what drives you to do this uh it's just the most 
impactful and moving thing that I have found, uh, just being out there this morning, I, I said to myself, there's two things that I know, that this is good work and that much more of it needs to be done. And Great. I am a relative newcomer to the city. My family has a long history in Detroit, but I myself moved here only two years ago. And I really want to believe that there is a way that I can have a place here that doesn't come at the stake of someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really want to coexist with people who raise their families here and make the city their home. And, and so um, and I'm also just driven by this both frustrating and appealing aspect where a small amount of information can vastly change the outcome. Yeah, I love so that. I love I that. Michelle, we're glad you moved here. We're Thank glad you, you came here. Now, I want quickly before we run out of time, and we only have a little bit of time now, I, wanted, I want you to have come back and talk more about this. But how can people who are listening now participate through patronicity? Yes. Well, if you're interested in supporting or learning more, we have so much information. This is awareness raising as well as fundraising. Good. They can go to patronicity.com and just search the word tricycle. Right. Uh, that would probably be the easiest way. Or you could find us on Facebook, the Tricycle Collective. You could find our website. And the other thing I really want to say, whether or not you want to work with the Tricycle Collective or patronicity, if you're curious about a home that you yourself live in, then uh, you should go to waynecountytreasuremi.com and search for your address. Okay, great. I want to thank you so much for being here. We're going to post all this information on our homepage so that people are aware of how they can connect to this and start making this uh, something that can happen for families. And again, uh, that's patronicity.com. If you go there and you put in the search uh, uh, tricycle, it'll take you to tricycle 2020. That is, they're trying to raise $20,000 in 20 days. And right now they have roughly $4,000 raised and about 11 days left. In the- we have a long way to go. And whatever we get, we appreciate And we'll go to as many families as ca- we can. Cool but we really desperately want more. Just seeing the faces of the people who yeah. we are committing to try to help um, I know it will really make a huge difference for them Michelle Overholzer thank you so much for what you're doing and for being here for the Tricycle Collective folks again patronicity.com is a place to go to find out about the Tricycle Collective back in just a moment to talk about the Dove Channel thank you so much this next element of our program on the Internet Advisor is something that I think was kind of fortuitous that uh, the PR information came to me this week about the Dove Channel, just as I happened to watch something on Netflix that I had seen on a network before. I think it was on FX. It was something called The Transporter. It's a typical male mind fodder. In other words, junk. But anyway, <laughs> I w- I've watched it on uh, FX, and... Um, I saw it on Netflix, and I was shocked by two things. The language that was being used was outrageous. As a matter of fact, I think they decided to save money on scripts by substituting the word that sounds like fork for nouns, adjectives, verbs, prepositions, just about it, dangling participles, you name it. And then on top of that, adding absolutely gratuitous sexual content to the program. It was absolutely shocking to me. So so why are we bringing this up again? <laughs> because there is an alternative out there right now. And I was delighted to see that, which is the Dub Channel. And we have with us right now Dick Rolf, who was both the co-founder and the CEO of the Dub Channel, of the the Dub Foundation, rather. Dick, thank you for joining us here on the Internet Advisor. Hey, I'm glad to be with you, Foster. Dick, I want to tell you, I'm just delighted, having kind of been shocked into this reality of the changes that are happening now, uh, when things go over onto this, like, for instance, Netflix 
type of distribution where it's not being run through networks that might otherwise censor this to some extent. Um, I was delighted to see that you folks are coming out with a an OTT or over-the-top channel that people can subscribe to that is pure family entertainment. Talk a little bit about what the Dove Channel is and what people can expect from it. Well, uh, the Dove Channel, as you just rightly put it, uh, is kind of a walled guard for the family uh, who are uh, interested in over-the-top channels like Netflix and Hulu and, and the rest of them, but have certain values that they want to embrace and to uh, share with their kids. Mm-hmm. The problem is when you get into some of these big channels like Netflix and the others, you're walking into a vast wasteland and you don't know what you're going to get from title yes. to title. Absolutely. Now, uh, Netflix actually has a kids section, mm-hmm. but yes. frankly, the kids section isn't appropriate for my kids. <laughs> uh, and, and so. Um, and, and also, what we've done at the Dub Channel is, for 25 years, we've identified over 10,000 movies uh, and have comprehensive reviews of those movies on our website at dub.org. And uh, we have about a quarter of a million visitors a month that come to that website looking mm. to see which movies are good uh, and which are maybe not so good. Mm-hmm. And that includes the releases that are in the theater today. Uh, so oh, really? Okay. At 5 o'clock on Friday, you can actually go to the website and you can see what movies are releasing uh, in the theaters that weekend. So. And what, what, what strikes me is interesting, too, on this, by the way, folks, we're talking with Dick Rolf, who is the co-founder and CEO of the Dub Foundation. And we're talking about the Dub Channel, which is a new uh, direct to you, you can subscribe to this for um, under $5 a month, and uh, you can get it, and I love this stick, you can get it on Roku or on the Roku TVs that are out there right now. So you're right in the mix with everybody else that's there. That's correct, uh, Foster. We're about everywhere that you can find Netflix. Uh, you can get us on, on the web. Uh, you can get us on uh, iOS apps, for example, any of your mobile devices your uh, Apple devices or your Android devices uh, all have apps for the Dove channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go to your app store and download it. And uh, the vast majority of kind of, we have over 900 hours of programming on the Dove channel. Uh, and it's actually designed so that families can control what their kids watch, even within the Dove channel itself. Oh, I see. Uh, okay. We, we have a place where they can go browse and they can find uh, things that are appropriate for under for twelve and under or twelve mm-hmm. and over. Um, so you can tailor you can tailor the content even within the family. If you have smaller children, for instance, exactly, uh, you might not want to have them. Cal, you had a question. So is the, right. you said you said the Dove Channel is available as an app. Uh, is that available on Apple TV or is an or is it a separate app from Apple TV? No, it's an app uh, from uh, Apple. Uh, apps. So if you it's from your mobile apps. However, I discovered something just the other day uh, when I was watching something on my phone. Um, of course, it's pretty small to watch, but I have an Apple TV device, the the little box, mm-hmm. and it is up 
uh, loadable onto your flat screen oh. if you have an Apple yes. TV box. Yes, yes, through Apple AirPlay, right, Cal? Okay, so through, through AirPlay, AirPlay you can yeah, play right. it up there, but it isn't actually an it's app. It's not on the Apple TV itself right okay. now. Sure. Yeah, so. No, uh, Apple TV is a brand-new device, and we will be up there within 30 days, I'm told. Wow, that is That's interesting. Nice. What I find interesting about this is that um, for a long time, these alternatives to uh, viewing ha- have been kind of outside the mainstream, but you're smack dab in, in the mainstream. And some of that is due, am I right, to this content provider that you work with, a distributor named, I'm not going to try that, is it Cinedime? That's correct, Cinedime. Cinedime. Right. Talk a little bit about that relationship that you have with them, because that seems to be the key to getting uh, the Dub channel on devices like the Roku. Well, it is. Uh, we are content curators, meaning that uh, we identify movies that are appropriate for the family, and we award them the Dove seal of approval. Mm. But we needed a technology partner like Synodyne who was capable of taking uh, what we do and making it available through this over-the-top uh, transmission yeah. device. And so they actually licensed the content that we recommended to them. They went to the content providers, the yeah. the studios and so on, and they license the content and put it up, but it all has to go through our review process mm-hmm. before it gets up on This the seems to be a huge game change. Am I right, Dick, that this, up to this point, you could have been doing all these dub reviews you wanted, but they didn't have the impact that it's going to have on viewing that it does now that you're part of something like Roku? Well, that's exactly right. Uh, the The key here is that for 25 years, we've been telling people what movies are good mm-hmm. uh, and which ones are dumb approved, but this is the first time we've actually been able to provide them direct access to those films yes. by streaming them online. Now let's talk about that direct access for just a second. It's, uh, I understand, $4 and some odd cents. Am I right? $99. Four ninety nine, okay. And that's to get the full package. About 20% of the titles on the Dove channel are available uh, for free. We wanted to make sure that uh, anybody could get access to the Dove channel, whether they could afford the 499 or not. Mm-hmm. So we worked out a deal with Cinedime, and there is an ad-supported section that has about 20% of the content oh, okay. that you can watch free. Now, you've got to watch ads. Gotcha. But uh, at least there's no subscription for those. Folks, if you want to find out more about this, by the way, we will on our Internet Advisor homepage be putting up links there. But you can go to DoveChannel.com. Am I right, Dick, on that? That's correct. DoveChannel.com, and you can find out more information there about subscribing to this process. And as I say, if you happen to have a Roku, it's available on Roku right now. Yes. Okay, so, and you were saying that in terms of Apple TV, that it's going to be available very soon. Yeah, I would say uh, within the next 30 days, it should be available on Apple TV. We're also looking at uh, Amazon uh, Prime and also at... um, uh, the smart TVs, Samsung smart TVs. Yeah, uh, right. Those will probably be up before Christmas. Dick Rolf, good luck to you on that. I certainly hope that you and uh, the Dove Channel get to appear in a lot more places to give people an alternative. That's the main thing. And I want to thank you for all the work that you've done for many, many years of uh, trying to help families find a source of good entertainment. Thanks, Dick Rolf, for being with us, and blessings on you and your efforts. Thank you, Foster. I appreciate the opportunity. You're very welcome. Folks, stay tuned because coming up, there's another hour of the Internet Advisor. And in this one, you get to call us with your questions at 800-859-0957. If you've just been listening to the ball game and decide, hey, I have some computer problems. I'd like some help. Call us. 
Hour 2 is coming up. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, internetadvisor.net. That's where you'll find past podcasts, our toolkit of free software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, plus other resources. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact forum on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget, look for us on Facebook. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Broad. I'm the co-host and producer of the show. And believe it or not, you're actually listening to the second hour of our show. And lucky you, you've arrived here at a time when you can get a chance to ask your questions about your computers, about getting around on the Internet, and whatever else you have to do with computers. The shop is open. We've got some great tech help in here to help you. And the number is 800-859-0957. That's what you need to call. Thank you so much for uh, sticking around after the game and joining us here. Or we're a regular part of Saturday afternoons. If you uh, have a concern about or an interest in computers, we're here every Saturday afternoon. And 5 to 6 is the time you'll normally find us live where you can call in to 800-859-0957 and uh, call with your questions about something that's happening on your computer. You'd like some help? We've got people like Kel Carson, who's with us in studio right now, who is an expert in uh, both PC and Apple. I feel so polished. <laughs> ACDC, AC, yes. Oh, dear. Well, you know, you have to travel on both sides of the track in order to get the train to roll down the properly. <laughs> and also Mr. Gary Baker, who's been my uh, co-host for almost 18 years that's, now. That's right. Hey, and I'm dressed up because I just went to a wedding. Uh-huh. Uh, it was... <laughs> Brittany Berryman, Brittany Berryman, and uh, Justin Heiser. Got In this hour, he got the names right. Got the names right. Yes. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks repeat for pointing the, it out on the live Repeat that again. Hour. No, yes. no. Repeat the names again. Congratulations to uh, to Justin Heiser and Brittany Berryman. Uh, and I'm going back to the uh, to the reception, so I'm still dressed up. And if people want to see what this studio looks like, and oh, yes. this is the best dressed I'm ever. I, and be. of course, he's the guy in the suit and tie. Yeah. So you'll you'll be able. To go to Periscope. So if you have a, an iPhone or a Google phone, Android phone, take and download Periscope. Go in, look at the map, and you, there's only one person broadcasting right now from <laughs> from Detroit area, and it's me. So click on it, you'll see what's going on, and you'll be able to see what's going on during the breaks go. too. So behind oh, the scenes. My goodness! All right. Go. So now you can see the and type of the person that would sit up poor Brittany the way she is right now. But <laughs> it's okay because Brittany Berryman is now going to become Brittany. Well, we think so. We don't know if she Heiser, Justin Heiser. Is okay. Her, so we don't have a runaway bride. So the idea is they're girl. going to get married, but you're not really sure. Whether she's going to become a hyzer or whether she's going to hyphenate her hyzer. That's true. We don't know. Okay. So, but I, congratulations to her. And they did get married. So it's official. <laughs> now, so. All, all we have to do now is celebrate. Uh, and and you will be allowed back into the celebration. Yeah, after yes, as he valets all the cars there. <laughs> thank you, guys. <laughs> uh, by the way, just a quick thank you to Michelle Oberholzer, who's in our studio from our last hour. She's part of the Tricycle Collective, which is a wonderful effort, Michelle. Thank you very much for being with us. Give us the website for that, just for, so folks can link into that. 
Our website is thetricyclecollective.com, and uh, specifically the fundraising campaign that you uh, invited me here to talk about, thank you, is patronicity.com, and you can search for the word tricycle. That's the easiest way to find the it. wonderful thing about it is it's helping people who want to stay in their homes instead of being foreclosed on in Detroit, that they'll be able to get some money that'll be able to help them to buy those homes. And yeah, what is the concept on how they do that to be able to mark those homes? Maybe we should talk a little bit about well, that. Well, I, I, we will probably have time to do that a little later on the okay. program because yeah, I wanted to make sure we okay, cuz we've got Mr. Mike Brennan who is uh, also with oh, us. And, yes, we forgot also, about Uncle Mike. People can go to our podcast after the show yep. and they'll hear the whole interview with Michelle. Yep. Awesome. And they can also go to internetadvisor.net and that'll be later on today and then on Sunday night we publish both hours of our program. So That's right. You can get it all there. Michelle Bellot, thank you very much for being with us. Thanks so much. And for the great work that you're doing. Uh, Mr. Mike Brennan, am I speaking with Mr. Mike Brennan, the editor of MI Tech News? Himself. Yes. Himself. Yes, How are you doing, Mike? Uh, doing great. Just came back from the game where Michigan crushed UNLV, so... Feeling well, good. Crush them, but uh, they won. So. <laughs> and we had a victory here, uh, MSU also, a victory over Air Force. So it's everybody's feeling good in Michigan about their college football teams, at least on this side of the state. We'll stay with that. But Mike Brennan is the editor of MI Tech News, and we have him on Saturday to take, uh, talk a little bit about some of the headlines that you can get very easy for nothing. Simply go to MITechnews.com and put your email address in there and you're subscribed and every Friday you'll get all sorts of headlines like for instance one of these that um, MDOT says that it could be using drones to help with highway research. Well actually they did for a two year study that cost some $270,000. We won't go into that part, right? <laughs> uh, so they, they did it and they were trying to test whether drones could zero in as good as Somebody standing there looking under a bridge or at the highway and do all that evaluation, and it turned out yes, they can, and and they're a lot cheaper. But mm-hmm. once you get past the two hundred and seventy thousand for the study, <laughs> I think. unfortunately, it means less people and more machines are going to be employed. But uh, we'll move on to the next topic, which is one where machines were not doing well for our Department of State this uh, past week. I understand. Yeah, they've been having some problems with the connection to the mainframe. They say it has nothing to do with the upgrades that, that Hewlett Packard just got fired for. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but we won't go into that either, right? So, <laughs> right. but I mean, it, it's happened a couple times uh, in a, a Secretary of State's office. People standing in line, which right away, you know, that's not such a fun thing. No. Then they get to the end of the line and they can't help them. <laughs> oh, that! Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have not. I would not have wanted to be in that office when that happened. Oh my goodness. Ay, 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 that uh, recipe for a riot. Uh, maybe one last thing here. I see that you've got a headline about the greening of Detroit's ambulances. Yeah, typically what happens is with these emergency vehicles is they have to left, leave their engines, diesels usually running, to power up all the various electronic devices right. and whatnot. So now they have auxiliary power units just like airplanes, and uh, so uh, they run the APUs instead of the engines, and it, it saves a lot of money in terms of fuel, and it pollutes less. That's wonderful. Now, these are some of the headlines, folks. Just some examples. You've also got information about entrepreneurship. You've got some video resources and audio resources like our podcast and IT and the D and a brand new podcast out there called M Squared TechCast, 
which is Mike and Matt Roush every Monday at 3 p.m. live on podcastdetroit.net. I heard you had your first inaugural out there, and people can and should tune in to hear more of that. Mike Brennan, thanks so much for being with us. Hey, and Gary, good, good luck with that reception tonight. Don't drink too much. Yeah, I, I've got a designated driver. My wife will drive home. So. Oh, perfect. <laughs> He's all okay. set. Take care. Back in just a minute to talk about the results of Techonomy Detroit. We're all about helping you, our listeners, with your concerns about your computer. If you have a question, especially those of you maybe have moved up the Windows 10 or are thinking of doing that, a uh, good time to ask a question. Cal is in studio, too, so if you have a question about a Mac device, we've got somebody here who can answer your questions as well. Uh, that's uh, Gary Baker and Cal Carson in studio helping with the tech, and I'll pitch in as I can. Our number, 800-859-0957. And Steve, out there in Beverly Hills, we will be back with you to talk about your concerns about Windows 10 shortly. Before we do that, however, um, this last week, there was something they have called Techonomy Detroit that happened, and the man who is a force behind that is David Kirkpatrick, who is the founder and CEO of Techonomy Media, and Dave is with us right now to kind of give us a, a wrap-up on what happened this past week here in Detroit. David, thanks so much for being with us on the Internet Advisor. Well, thanks for having me. I, I'm looking forward to talking. Listen, one of the things I understand about this was that the one of the focuses on this was to uh, make Detroit a movement. Would you explain that? I mean, I saw that and I wondered, what does that actually mean? Well, well first of all, the conference and our business generally, everything we do at Techonomy is all about new ways of taking a look at how technology is changing everything in the modern economy mm -hmm. and in our lives and then applying that to some of the critical issues that affect cities jobs the future of work health care and other critical areas of modern society so we really looked a lot at how in this world where everybody is expecting everything from their smartphone how come government, health care, education, finding jobs has not been transformed as much as it needs to be? So uh -huh. that's basically, that's the key thing that we spent a lot of the conversation talking about. But let's face it, we had the event in Detroit, and, you know, we're big believers in the prospect of Detroit to continue making a move forward. Um, one of our speakers wrote a piece in advance called... Um, making Detroit a movement. And he talked about how the narrative is what really matters when you're trying to build a movement. And he was asking just some very interesting questions about what it would mean for anything to become a movement, and in specific, Detroit, and, and thinking of it in a variety of different ways. So we decided to make our closing session a little less techie-oriented, frankly, and a little bit more about Detroit itself. Although, when you talk about doing anything uh, politically or in a movement these days, there's going to be a huge technology involvement. But mm -hmm. what that discussion ended up really being about is... What is the story of Detroit? What is the call to action that people who really believe that the story of Detroit could become a movement, what is that call to action that, that we'd like to see? And, and we had some very senior people from the city, uh, leaders in the city, mm -hmm. talking about of challenges that, that arose there. And, and what really came about, if, if you don't mind my just continuing a little bit. Sure, longer, sure, sure, go ahead. Is, is a really serious and quite powerful discussion about the two competing narratives of Detroit that are happening right now. One is this narrative of downtown revival and tech entrepreneurship and right. young people moving into the city from all over the country, taking advantage of the tools that we at Techonomy celebrate and, and building the economy. Mm -hmm. The other story is what about all the 
hundreds of thousands of people that have been in Detroit all along, yeah. and many of whom still feel very much excluded from this transformation. Absolutely. And where is a, a story or a movement that could somehow bring those two together? And it was a very compelling conversation. Wow. We have the w video of that on our website at techonomy.com. There is no answer, but it was a very powerful conversation. You know, David, what, um, what I found interesting was this is your fourth year. Today, this yeah. year, there is two two narratives. When you started four years ago, what made you do that? Why did why come to Detroit <laughs> instead of other places? Really, well, I mean, you know, we believe in it, but how can a New Yorker that does these all over the country? You came to Detroit. Why? Well, we actually don't do events like this exactly all over the country. We have a couple of other events we do, but none of them are, are focused as much as this one is on the prospects for the American economy and American cities in a technologized age. And frankly, when we decided we wanted to do a more American focused conference, whereas our other ones are more very global in their mindset, mm -hmm. and very, you know, business this and bio that, and we decided that Detroit was the perfect place to do a cities-oriented, jobs-oriented, you know, American economy-oriented event, because frankly, you cannot go to Detroit and not realize what an urgent set of challenges we have and how much we've screwed up up to now. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to be compelled to think about the need to take a new approach yeah. to economic growth and the creation of jobs and moving the economy forward, Detroit seemed to us to be a fantastic, you know, kind of context to do that. You know, I, I, I noticed a number of different um, themes being run through the conference, and one of them was this whole idea of the maker city yes. right and maker city is a jazz city explain that well you know this whole question of all the things that are changing at once that everybody in business and government and in society has to get their hand, arms around is, is really a, a core one for us you know Individuals are being empowered. The cost of starting companies is coming down. There is an amazing set of new technologies ranging from 3D printing to cloud software to a whole lot of other things that make it very easy to get something started, to get distribution if you build a physical product, and anybody can really become a manufacturer. So that's really what that idea of a maker city, a maker movement is all about. Then this idea that one of our speakers had that a maker city is a jazz city was taking this idea of the maker movement, which is really generating a lot of enthusiasm, and analogizing it to jazz and this yes. idea of improvisation, <laughs> and that when more things get in the hands of individuals, the whole economy becomes more improvisational. And that Peter Hirschberg, he's a big uh, Burning Man guy, and he's a really interesting sort of philosopher of tech, and his talk, which is also on our website, uh, was an, another really intriguing set of ideas, but the idea is we've got to learn to improvise to keep this economy moving forward. What, uh, Gary, you were there, and David, of course, we're talking about David Kirkpatrick, who was the founder and CEO of Techonomy and uh, Media, and was here for the Techonomy conference this last week. How will you folks know that something is different, that something is changing, uh, and that it's just not another narrative that's being put out there? You mean in Detroit? In Detroit. Well, I mean, certainly having been coming to Detroit for these conferences for four years, I would like to see things moving faster, but you cannot help but feel things are different, particularly this year. I mean, just the symbol of the whole, you know, 
Woodward Avenue completely torn up. We, you know, we were staying on one side of it, and our conference at Wayne State was on the other side of it. <laughs> you know, and, and then when we were trying to use Google Maps to get from our our uh, opening reception at uh, at uh, MoCAD to our speaker dinner at Cliff Bell's, I mean, everybody got lost because Google Maps doesn't know which streets are closed. But it's a great thing that there's so much. There's really things yeah. getting built in Detroit now, right. and and you saw a lot of houses that were just broken glass before with new windows. Even on that in that same yes. route, I remember that yes. that evening. So a lot's happening. So much more needs to happen. I think the mayor, who we had at our conference, is right, doing some extremely interesting things. Uh, but the the reality is, there's still so much more to do. You know, um, the mayor actually broke a news story. I don't think he intended to, but uh, oh. all of us there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is why you need to go to a conference like this. You do. He kind of he he kind of said, um, well. Since I kind of talked about it, I guess I'll tell you guys. And he told us about this new gas station uh, beta test that they're doing about how to make gas stations safe in the city. Yeah, and try to reduce crime in the city by partnering with the gas stations, uh, which I think is a very creative idea. Uh, he talked also at great length about this this competition for entrepreneurship that the city has partnered with some outside part, parties to do, and Excellent. how even those who don't become finalists or winners are going to get all kinds of help in opening stores and starting small businesses and figuring out how to hire people. And you know that there's a, a really great set of initiatives that I think the city has really. Uh, dovetailed with uh, and, and a general energy that's really nationwide but is really making a difference in Detroit. It, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and young people can become entrepreneurs more readily than ever yeah. before and, and I think it has the potential to really make some big difference well, in the that, Detroit economy. It's exciting that you, as somebody from the outside, see that actually taking root here. David Kilpatrick, thank you. Kirkpatrick, rather. Thank you very much for being with us and for all that you've done with the economy. We look forward to a, an even greater impact this coming year. Well, thanks for the support of Detroit, and we, we really love doing Techonomy Detroit there. Thank, Thank you so, you much. so Thank you, much. All yeah. right. Got to sign up for the next one next year. Yep. Coming back in just a moment with your questions. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, by the way, just to, if you just kind of bumped into us and are trying to find out a little bit more about the Internet Advisor, every Saturday we're here from 5 to 6, sometimes sports um, moves us around a little bit, uh, but generally speaking, from 5 to 6, we're live, and that's when you get to call in with your questions about your computer. It's kind of like visiting uh, your local computer shop, and uh, we've got Cal Carson in here right now, who is an experienced troubleshooter and has worked with both Apple and PCs. And we got Mr. Gary Baker, who has been with me for, we've been 18 years doing this yeah, now, answering 18, people's yes. questions. And thank you very much for being here. So the number again is 800-859-0957. And we now have officially uh, a person who deserves the most patient person on earth award. And that is Steve from Beverly Hills, who has been waiting online for a while to get in here. Steve, thank you so much for calling in here on the Internet Advisor, and how can we help you now? Oh, hi. Hey, I want to get your guys' opinion on something here. Sure. Um, I've recently had a couple successful upgrades from Windows 7 to Windows 10 on my uh, backup laptop and my wife's laptop. Okay. And I'm considering doing the same for my uh, my desktop, my, uh, my workhorse here I use for work regularly. And I'm trying to decide whether I should do a simple upgrade or do a a clean install, ah. wipe your drive clean and start complete from scratch. I kind of heard some of the pros and cons of going each way. I'm wondering if it's worth the extra headaches to do a clean install. You can never, ever, 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 in my opinion, go wrong with a clean install. Because now you're getting the operating system exactly the way that Microsoft put it together. 
uh, all the pieces should work properly together. So I think a clean install is always the better way to go. It may take a little more time, but I think it's time well worth Cal, it. It'll take a lot more time. Yeah, yeah let's, in let's that do, case. Go ahead. I'm let, sorry. Let's, you know, I have not heard of people that have done the upgrade having problems. Now, upgrades in the past have been problems. They've left part of the old operating system. Yeah. And this has been much, much better, yes. much cleaner without yes. the, the headaches. True. Have you heard anything, Cal? Haven't heard anything like that. And, you know, and, and I will agree with you that for most people, it has worked pretty darn good. Uh, but I, I'm just the sort of person that, you know, here's a chance for me to get rid of a bunch of chaff that I don't right. really need. Why don't I just go ahead and clean it up at that Cal, time? Cal, do me I, a favor. I would, I would agree with that, too, unless it's really a lot of work and really painful to put it all back together. Well, yeah, well, I'm just worried about keeping my speed up because I do a lot of video work, a lot of work with Adobe uh, products, CC, and a lot of Premiere Pro After Effects and things like that, where I don't want to have to worry about getting bogged down from something. I think maybe a, a dirty registry or something might do that, where clean install will completely rebuild the registry. When yeah. You're well, you know, right one, yeah. one of the things you might want to do before you even do that is you may want to check all the community forums for the type of Adobe products that you use oh, and, and see yeah. what other people are saying, too, as far as, you know, how things are going along with those upgrades before you jump right into it. Even check at Adobe's website and see what they're saying as well. But uh, generally speaking, when I change from a major change in the operating system, I'm not I'm not talking about the incremental change, but if it's a major change in the operating system, whether it's Mac or PC, I generally do a clean install because I just like a nice clean operating Cal, system. Cal, would you explain what clean install is? Because some people are saying, what, what in the world is that? Clean install is, okay, for example, you, you have backed up all the... the, the uh, data that you've had on your right. on your machine you have looked and found all the software that you want to use on on the machine after you put in a new operating system identified it made sure it's compatible with the new operating system that you're going to use once you have those two things done and you got them in place you're basically going to wipe the drive completely clean okay. that's initialize the drive back to the state it was when it came out of the factory and then you're going to reload the operating system onto that drive then load your programs back on, then load your data back on. Okay. And I would think, uh, in particular, Steve, because if you're being involved in video and you want the cleanest, fastest kind of response in a machine, that a clean install would be the way for you to go as well because of what you're doing. And, and again, I think Cal was right. Uh, you know, you can never argue with a clean install. Right. But in with other upgrades... Mm -hmm. uh, you would end up, it took a long time for the upgrade to download because it was really large. And it wouldn't take that long to install because they didn't do the registry cleanup and some of the other things. This mm -hmm. one takes a long time because, but it's very, it's small by comparison. Mm -hmm. So it comes download really quickly, but it takes a long time to install because they go out, they check every link in the registry. If you don't need it, they take it out. So it does a lot of the cleanup that you would oh, I get see. Okay. Yeah. because of the, right. you know, that that is trying to simulate, trying to clean it all up to, to Steve's point. You know, you don't want that extra, Steve, um, those extra links in there that don't go anywhere. Now, the other way you can go, Steve, is one way that I do sometimes, too, is this. If, you're in a, if you feel comfortable opening up your computer, I would go out and buy another hard drive. Oh, yeah. And then just yeah. put that blank hard drive in the machine, do a clean install with that, and then build my stuff up on that. If you and really had to right. do some work yeah. immediately, swap the drives out, do your work, and then go back and do what you have to yeah. do. 
Well, I already have like I think uh, three or four hard drives in there already. Uh, <laughs> my C drive is my my C drive is my solid state drive, and I have some okay. other you know, So drives. the only drive you're going to even deal with that you have to worry about is the one that has the operating system on it. The other drives right. can stay just the way they are. But you do want yeah. the operating system on that solid state drive. Well, I actually installed most of my programs, my miscellaneous programs, on an external, on a different drive. Okay. And, and I have to reinstall those anyway, even though it's on my H drive or whatever. I still have to reinstall those, correct? Um, yeah, you'll have to reinstall. You Well, it, it depends. If you do a clean install, yes, you'll have to reinstall yeah. them. Oh, if you do it the way yeah. that Gary is suggesting, then I'm going to say no. But with this one caveat, make sure all those uh, programs will work with Windows 10 or don't yeah. need to be upgraded before you take them to Windows 10. Or and, happy and, surfing. Then, and then also, just to be sure, take your external drives, plug them in when they're doing when you're doing the upgrade. Okay, well, they're they're all internal. There are all internal. Okay. I thought yeah, I heard you say they, there was an external. Gotcha. You shouldn't have to deal with the external drive that way, but just to be sure. Yep. Okay. Hey, a quick question, though. If I were to do this clean install, I would reformat my C drive first, and then I would how would I install this if there's, if there's no operating system on it? Do I have to, uh, see what I'm saying? Do I have to run the executable from someplace else, or how would I get it on a... Before you do that clean install, you would go out to Microsoft's website. You can download Windows 10, and they have a tool that will actually mm -hmm. write it out to a USB drive for you. And then okay, after yeah. you write it out to the USB drive, then you can go in and do that clean install with right. that USB drive and, then, and with Windows 10. And reboot And I the boot USB. to the USB drive. That's yes. Right. Yep. Okay. okay, Steve? Okay, well, great. Well, thanks a lot. Thank you for a great... Uh, That's a great question. Uh, yeah, it was a great yeah. question. The answer is, I think, probably a number of different ones. By the way, our number is 800-859-0957. And just quickly before we go to Kathy and Carlton, uh, for the rest of you who maybe are kind of sitting back and wondering, should I ask my question? Please do. we got about 20 minutes left, and we'd love to talk with you now. But in case you can't get to us in time, simply go to internetadvisor.net, and then you will notice on the far right-hand side uh, something that says contact. Contact. Click on that, and you can send us an email through that, which will have, you know, your information on it, your question, and during the week, we can handle those, and when we come back on Saturdays, we'll often be able to answer those things on the air as here as well. So again, if you have a question and you don't get to us on the air, and we still have plenty of time to do that, simply go to internetadvisor.net and go to the contact button, which is on the upper right-hand corner there, and uh, send us your question via email. All right. Thank you very much for that. Again, our number, 800-859-0957, and the line is open for you. Kathy from Carlton, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How may we help you? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, I heard you say that you have not had experiences or ran into people with experiences with troubles uh, upgrading with Windows 10, mm -hmm. and I'm here to tell you I have had a horrible experience Ooh. spending probably a better part of the last seven, eight, ten days Ouch. trying to remove it, and um, that little booger just won't stay away. <laughs> so, so this is really helpful. So tell us what some of the problems were. Well, uh, my machine is a uh, recent one. I bought it in March. It's a laptop. Okay. It's a Dell uh, inspired with 8.1 touchscreen, okay. so it's a recent machine, mm -hmm. and it was causing me no problems. I was just curious on what Windows 10 sure. was going to be like. Should have been simple, easy peasy. 
It should have been, but I can't tell you. I almost called Microsoft, and I figured I wouldn't get anywhere. Uh, I'm so infuriated with their their uh, allowing us to be a beta. So what? Um, yeah, what, what was the problem? Well, my machine should have received it, but it did not. It, it had all, and I had an easy download, no problems. Okay. Uh, so I noticed right away it was slow, and uh, I have used System Mechanic to keep my machine healthy and ran that, and it helped some. But right away I was running into conflicts. I was having three to six crashes a day um, with a blue screen. It froze shortly and a blue screen, and uh, I was getting a DPC underscore watchdog, watchdog, let me say that again, mm-hmm. watchdog, watchdog. Uh, underscore violation, and I didn't See, know what you the said heck that is. You I'm sorry, what was that? D as in dog. Oh. DP as in Peter, C as in Charlie, oh, DPC correct. underscore watchdog underscore, and then what was the last word? Violation. Violation, okay. I have Googled it to death, mm-hmm. and the best I could tell with my specific machine that people have had this right, oh, it's all over the Internet. This problem is all over the Internet. And uh, with my AMD Dell, um, there was conflicts. majority of them were with the drivers for the uh, video card. Mm, okay, uh, Kathy, it sounds like you've done a lot of things right here. What we're going to do is we're going to put you on hold, and uh, when we come back on the other side, we're going to take a look at uh, maybe some of the things that can be done, but, boy, you certainly have done a good job of uh, looking for it yourself. Back in just a moment, 800-859-0957. I'd like to folk, uh, thank some of the folks, uh, as we say, behind the glass, uh, the two folks who have been helping us engineer our program, Eric Dorch. Thank you very much for your efforts, and Mike Stance, thanks so much for been answering the phones and producing the program. By the way, on Sunday nights, that's tomorrow night, and uh, I will be posting both hours of our program. And there have been two hours. Uh, first hour, I had some great talk about uh, this uh, tricycle um, uh, collective and the work that they're doing in Detroit, along with some other things that we did in the first hour, including Cal Carson giving a really good rundown of some of the biggest changes in iOS 9, which is the new operating system for the mobile phones, uh, pardon me, for the mobile um, uh, devices, iOS devices, in particular the smartphones, 4S and up, right, Cal? Yeah, from the 4S all the way up, you can use iOS 9 on. And there's a, he has full details on that, so again, it'll be very much worth your while coming back to internetadvisor.net Sunday night we'll be posting the full podcast of both hours and you can hear all that he had to say about that we still have some time for some more of your questions though at 800-859-0957 now we were talking with uh, Kathy from Carlton before this about the problems you have been having with uh, Windows 10 and uh, you bought a Dell Inspiron with an AMD chip in it most recently, last March. It came with Windows 8, right? 8.1. Right? 8.1, right, which was the update, so 8.1. And uh, as you have tried to put Windows 10 on it, you have had nothing but grief. Cal had some thoughts for you um, that, uh, while may not being an instant fix for you, I think, may lead you in the right direction, Cal. Well, there's a couple of ways you can go with it. I, I know you said you searched the net, and I came across a site called ExtremeRain.com. Yes, I, I was there. Okay, did you try the, the, the methods that they had out there? I, 
brief me on what they, I, I saw so many. Well, a couple of, <laughs> yeah, there was a bunch of them. I will agree with you on that. And, and, and you know something, I'm not going to even go down all of them, but there were some uh, sets in the control panel that you could walk through and try and use out there. But you know something, I'm thinking this, that might be a better way to go with you. And I would suggest that you go in and uninstall Windows 10. Mm-hmm. And let it roll back to Windows 8.1. Uh, run run a check disk, and then uh, you know make sure everything is all set under 8.1. Run all the updates you can against 8.1 as well. And I've done th- I've done that, uh, and let me and that's where I want to take you to my problem. Okay. Since I did that, it, it there then was 157 uh, updates required because mm-hmm. the program was right. back to the factory setting out right. of the box. Right, right, right. Okay. That's where I ran into my snag. Windows 10 wants to reinstall, and I cannot upload the, or, or those 157 updates without Windows 10 going back on. It insists on going first. Hmm. You there know, is so, no way around it. Now you got me stumped. I'm going to be honest with you. That one, I don't know how to get around it, but you did check on Microsoft.com to see whether uh-huh. or not there's a way to get around it. I did find a way. I took it through disk cleanup, and I was able, and even though it says it's install, downloading installing Windows 10 again, it did not, because I went in and removed a lot of those invitation files. Okay. Ah. But uh, there are other invitation files in there. They, Microsoft is changing the number frequently, and I don't know what those <laughs> numbers are, yeah. so that I don't yeah. put another invitation and get to come back with Windows right. 10 back right. in my system again. Well, here's the best way that I would do it, and I'm going to suggest to you to do it, and, and it's your choice if you want to. Number one, I make sure all my data is backed up that I want to keep. Make sure you make sure yeah. you got all the programs that you need to be able to use, and that you have the current versions for those as well, uh, where you can reload them back on the computer. I would just roll that sucker all the way. You know, there's a recovery partition on your machine. It should. Yes, be. I used that's what I used. I would put it back. I, I would run that again and make sure it goes back to Windows 8, even to the point that before I run that recovery partition. The main partition that has operating system in it, I would wipe that. Do a clean install. Correct. Okay, then then I would I I would have to buy Windows 10 or would I be able nope. to no, 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 you'll no, still no, be able no. to get Windows 10 for free. Yeah. You'll just do a clean install, get it back to eight, so it's all nice and settled, and then go to Microsoft.com and and download the Windows 10 directly from that area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not interested in doing that. <laughs> okay. After your not experience, can't, I can't blame you, Kathy. Talk after. to me a year from now. Right. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Kathy, thank you so much for calling, and I'm, okay. I am so sorry that you've had to go through this. And, and Gary, your experience in talking with people is trouble-free, but there are cases like this out there. And That's right. I, is it the machine, guys? That well, is the, it, it, somehow she had something that was incompatible. Yep. Right, and Microsoft runs this compatibility check beforehand. Yeah. Um, I was on I was on the telephone with her during the break, and she ran that, and yeah. that's where Microsoft should have picked it up, and it didn't. Yeah. And that it's either that or what it's a just a corruption. Right, yeah. a sometimes nightmare. it's a corruption. She could have a file that got downloaded on the hard drive itself. It could have some problems with it. What you know, be, it may have a bad. Would be worth yeah. going back to to Dell and hollering at them? Well, it's not Dell. It's not Dell. No, it's not Dell. No, it's Microsoft. Okay. It's definitely Microsoft is in the game there. Yeah. All right. 800-859-0957. We still have time for maybe a couple of calls. Let's go out to George from Royal Oak. George, how are you doing? Okay. How are you? I'm doing very well. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. How may we help you, sir? Well, 
I'm 82 years old. Good for you. Never, never worked, <laughs> never worked as a computer, strictly a paper and pencil person. Uh-huh. I think it's about time. Uh, that I got into it. I don't know how to get started. Well, you know something that we suggest a lot, and by the way, folks, we have a number of people who listen to WJR's been around for a long time, and I bet you have been listening to this station for a long time too, right, George? Absolutely. Yeah, we have a lot of legacy listeners here. And one of the things we love to tell people is your public library, your taxes have paid for it, uh, has a great resource. And they have some of the best computers around. They have some of the latest software, etc. And it's a great place to go. Very good. Now, is there somebody there that can uh, help me, a yep. person? Absolutely. For instance, you're in Royal Oak. I happen to live in Royal Oak, and I know that there is a person who is in the library there who is one of their tech folks. And I wouldn't be surprised if they would be happy to set you down with a computer and give you some, uh, you know, they have wonderful computers there and show you how to use it. That sounds great, my friend. Yep. Thank you so much. You are very, very welcome. And, and it may sound like a simplistic answer, uh, but, you know, back in the late 80s, that's where I learned to use computers. I certainly couldn't afford one at that time. And that's just the best way to do it. I mean, it, after all, it's your tax dollars at work. You might as well take advantage of them. They're there for you to use, and it's a great resource, and there are people that are knowledgeable. They're there to willing, there and willing to help you. Yeah, exactly. Let's see if we can answer another question here. James, welcome to our Internet Advisor. How can I help you? Uh, yes, sir. Um, good day to you, good gentlemen. Day. Uh, got a, a Toshiba okay. laptop, and it has Windows 7. The um, My granddaughter closed the cover with a pen in it, and it broke the hinges. Oops. So I, yes, sir. So I took it in, and it would cost more to have a case than it would yeah. anything else. Yeah. So I okay. have an Asus um, laptop mm-hmm. with Windows 8 mm-hmm. on it. I took it into a service place around 14 and I-75. Okay. Had them upgrade it to Windows 10. Yep. And transfer my pictures and favorites of favorite sites over yep. to it. Okay. Hey, listen. Hang on a second. What I'm going to ask yes, you to do, James, hold the phone because we're going to finish this conversation with you offline because we're right at the very end of our program. Okay? So I hang on. We'll okay. be We'll be back to you. By the way, folks, if you have questions for us, this is a great example. Simply go to internetadvisor.net, our homepage, and then in the upper right-hand corner, there's a contact button. Hit that button and send us an email with your questions, and we'll get to you during the week. Cal and uh, Ed, uh, Ed Rudell, our other tech, and uh, Gary Baker and myself will do our best to answer your questions. Don't forget, on Sunday night, internetadvisor.net, both hours of our podcast will be there along with the show notes, and we got lots of stuff for you to look at. Have a great week. We will see you again soon here on the Internet Advisor. You've been listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor. Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find show notes for this podcast or others, visit internetadvisor.net and look for us on Facebook. Thanks for listening.